You are a people leader or an HR professional working hard to create an amazing employee experience for your team and your organization. But between the operational tasks of your job, managing emotions and politics, both up and down the corporate ladder, and trying to find some semblance of work-life integration in your own life, I suspect you are also overwhelmed and burnt out. If even the thought of navigating the complicated world of mental health at work probably seems like too much to handle, let this podcast be your not-so-secret weapon to help fix that. I am your host, Lindsay Recknell, and my mission is to help great leaders like you feel less awkward and more confident talking about mental health at work so you can stress less, take more action, and continue to make a valuable difference in your job as a leader, positively impacting the lives of your people. I'll be bringing you the experts, insights, and actions that will give you the skills you need to navigate mental health in the workplace and foster a workplace where everyone's mental health can thrive. I have two special guests with me today, so let me introduce you to each of them. Rod McDermott is the CEO and or founder of four companies focused on time-sensitive solutions to important leadership challenges, executive search, and in-transition senior-level executives seeking guidance to land their next role. Most notably for our episode today, he is also the CEO and co-founder of Activate 180, which helps companies elevate employee performance, productivity, and happiness through affordable coaching for all. Rod has been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, growing companies from the ground up and challenging industry norms. His ultimate goal is to meaningfully contribute to the greater good, which is showcased through his passion for hard work, fostering relationships, and conceptualizing solutions for professional development. Also with me today is Zach Smith. Zach is the Chief Activation Officer and co-founder of Activate 180. He has been a trusted voice in mindset, career optimization, and leadership coaching for over 20 years, coaching thousands of employees across mid-market and enterprise-level organizations, aligning their careers with their true calling and passion to create total life fulfillment. Before becoming an award-winning coach, Zach spent more than 10 years in senior marketing and client relationship management roles for well-known international consumer beverage brands. Zach trained with the Ascension Leadership Academy's coaching program, graduating from their highest level course and is a sought-after keynote speaker who regularly appears before audiences at industry conferences and events. I can't wait for you to hear from Rod and Zach, so let's get to it. Before we get started, I want your time to be valuable here. So in order to get the most from this podcast, head to my website at mentalhealthforleaders.com and download the Guide to Influence and Impact at Work, which has the step-by-step action plan you'll need to embed a focus on mental health into the employee experience of your workplace. It's totally free, and it'll give you the start to your action plan, steps to follow to create engagement, to build a budget, and a method to measure the value, influence, and impact that you are going to be making as you lead this transformational change in your organization. We haven't been taught the mental health skills we need to truly lead our organizations into the future. So let this guide and this podcast be the advantage you need to elevate your career, your leadership skills, and the positive impact you'll bring to your organization. Head to mentalhealthforleaders.com and download the free guide to influence and impact at work now. The opportunity is yours and I cannot wait to see what you'll do. All right, now let's get to our guest. Hello, Rod and Zach. It is such a pleasure to have you both on the show. Thanks for joining me today. Lindsay, thanks for having us. Very excited to be on. Yeah, echoed. Really, really excited to be here, Lindsay. Thanks for having us. I just feel like the three of us have such a 
I don't know, such an alignment in how we go to business, how we think, how we really want to support the employee experience. And I can't wait for people to hear how exactly you do that. So maybe we'll just jump right in. And Rod, could you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. So my background is executive search. For the last almost 25 years, uh, I've either been a partner in a large firm or or we found our own firm 21 years ago and we built it into, uh, I'll call it a semi-global. We've got European offices, Canadian offices, and offices throughout the U.S. Uh, we're top 25 executive search firm. And and the fun thing is um, I, I, I run that business. I also run an interim leadership business where we rent executives to companies. And we started that about 10 years ago. And then Activate 180, which is our corporate coaching business, which we're incredibly excited about. And we started three years ago. And it's really about, you know, I call it democratizing coaching. I've had an executive coach for over 20 years who's changed my life, but it was at a level that we can never offer that to all of our employees. It was just too expensive. But, you know, we came up with a model where we can offer coaching to companies and they can offer it to any employee that wants it at a really affordable price point. And so, um, we're excited about that venture. And the fun thing is I get to spend a lot of my time with CEOs of companies and hearing about what keeps them up at night, what challenges they're facing. And and each one of my businesses can kind of translate to solving some of those problems. It sounds like a really um, a really fun job. You know, you, you get to interact with a lot of different kinds of people and uh, solve a lot of problems. It feels very it, rewarding. It's it's not work, Lindsay. I'm telling you what, I'm having a blast and uh, I pinch myself that I get paid for what I'm doing because I'm, I'm getting to change lives and you know, I'm not pushing a whole lot of paper. You know, most of most of what I do is I got little little stuff like this note notes here and there. And, um, you know, we do candidate summaries and a few things like that. But really, it's about it's 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 human work. It's people work. And uh, and I dig that. So yeah. it doesn't feel like work. Mm, very cool. Zach, do you also do work that doesn't feel like work? <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> How'd you know? I, I do. I do. Uh, so I'm I'm the chief activation officer and, and co-founder with Rod of Activate 180. And uh, my background was one that I followed a the path of, of climbing and becoming a corporate executive at a pretty young age. And um, and realizing uh, upon climbing that ladder that yeah, it really wasn't what I was after. It felt it felt like something was was missing for me in a pretty big way. And and that that piece that was missing for me was was deeper purpose and meaning. And so throughout my you know throughout my my childhood and even in early on in my career, I was always really focused on just the potential of of myself and of human beings, and, and really looking at. And studying emotional intelligence and mindset and nutrition and fitness and how all of these different elements and components go into how you can become the best version of yourself. And so I was always incorporate that, incorporating that into my into my leadership in my teams and how to how to empower and and really unlock the potential in people. And and so the time came where I I really had to follow that path fully. And I saw that it was being able to bridge those two worlds of, of showing a more effective way, a more synergized way of being able to, uh, to, to cultivate cultures and to do business in a way that not only drove incredible results, but also really had people feel connected to the work that they were doing, feel alignment and purpose in the work that they were doing. And, uh, and when Rod and I met and connected, it, it just, you know, everything, everything really clicked into place as far as what we got to bring. Uh, to the business world, and that is the ability to be able to to create that synergy within within teams, to be able to 
provide support for people within companies so that they can they can go after and accomplish their mission, which is which is typically one that uh, that they all deeply care about. Once you really understand how they play into it. Oh, it makes me feel so hopeful for the potential of of organizations uh, when they really embrace this work. And Zach, you talked about activation, you talked about alignment, but you also talked about performance of an organization. And you both know that this show is all about mental health in the workplace. And sometimes we talk about the ROI of these kinds of programs in mm, less than tangible terms. But I imagine that the work that you guys are doing is seeing real tangible results for organizations and the bottom line. And I wonder, Rod, could you speak to, um, actually, maybe could you talk to us about Activate 180 and then how that contributes to the bottom line of an organization while also you know, raising collective wellness and increasing psychological safety. Yeah, for sure, Lindsay. And by the way, I think the work you're doing is uh, is incredibly helpful along those lines too, because you know we believe that when people show up as their best selves, they perform as their best selves, right? And so I don't care who you are; you could be, you know, Tom Brady, and 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 things aren't going great in your life, and you might not have a great game. You're not going to show up well. We've seen it with professional athletes. Having, a, having an off day or having a bad time or something's not going well in their life and, and it brings them down. You know, Tiger Woods was a great example when his life was was not in great places. Uh, you know, he didn't show up as his best self. And so uh, we believe the same thing exists for corporate employees, right? When they show up as their best selves. And that means kind of across the spectrum of things, whether it's relationships at home, relationships at work, connection with the vision of the company, connection with the purpose of the company, feeling good about where their career is going, all these different things and taking some stress out. You know, people have stress about about, you know, how am I ever going to buy a home? Interest rates are going up now and and the affordability you know, was already bad. But now interest rates, high interest rates make it even harder. What do I do? There's stress and anxiety out there that people bring to their jobs. If we can help people create a plan for how we can help them solve some of these problems by giving them a coach who's going to help them really find and, and, and seek out solutions for the things that are giving them their most angst, that are really stopping them or slowing them down, they're going to perform better. And we see it in so many companies. I was talking to a CEO of one of our clients the other day. It's a it's a high-flying company. They've raised a lot of venture capital. Uh, they're, they're kicking butt in their space. They're about to go public. And, you know, I was asking the CEO, we've been there for about a year coaching a whole bunch of their people, and they offer it as an incentive to get people, to recruit people now. And he said he actually brought it up at his uh, first of the year board meeting with his board as one of their key accomplishments last year is uh, is rolling out Activate 180 through the entire company and offering it. And it's one of the reasons why he feels that their performance has been phenomenal and they put themselves in a position to take the company public this year because they've been operating a ton of stress. I mean, you can imagine a pre-IPO company raised a lot of venture capital. There's, you know, they're under a microscope. They've got to deliver every single day. Um, but at the same time, you know, with all that pressure, how do you show up as your best self? If you show up with fear, you're going to play tight. You're not going to play your best game. And so we see a direct correlation between helping improve the human being and the results of the company. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really. Um, I love the analogy of 
Well, not even an analogy. I love the idea that if you can support people in their lives, they're going to show up as their best selves in the workplace. Because often the thing that I, I think about and I hear a lot is, why is this a responsibility of me as an employer to help you with your personal life? But stories like that really prove the value of that. And Zach, as a coach, I wonder if you have similar stories of um, of why organizations kind of almost have the opportunity or the privilege to support employees in this way and why why it matters. Yeah, I certainly do. And I and there's so many incredible examples of of this of this working. Yeah. And and I think it really starts with this piece that Rod was starting to speak into of, yeah, I think gone are the days of of seeing people as workers. And and that's it. You know, it, it really is starting to become that people are asking for more from from their employer. They they want meaning. They want to feel valued. They want to feel taken care of. And if you're able to do that, you're able to help people in their own search for meaning be able to you know, be able to weave that into the purpose of the company and and to create a culture where people feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And and that could be just having a great inclusive culture. That could be the product that you represent, whatever that might be. But if people feel that, it's one of the main drivers of motivation. If you look at some of Daniel Pink's work around um, the main drivers of motivation, you look at things like purpose being one of them, autonomy, right? So the, the ability to make decisions and be able to influence your future and and then you look at mastery. So people, do, you have, do they have the ability to develop and to be able to grow both personally and professionally? And if a company can provide that, they're going to provide fire to the people that are driving the results in their organization. And we do see this time after time. And you know, a great example is a, an organization that we work with that had a, a partner in the company that had been having a challenging time. And and as we started to dig in and understand, you know, it was a lot of just things that were happening at home. And he shares this story openly, so I feel okay sharing it and won't mention a name. But he, he loves sharing the story because we were able to, to activate his ability to be able to communicate at home with his wife and with his family. And that was what was really holding him up from showing up at work. And by being able to help him communicate more effectively and resolve the conflicts at home and become more connected to his family, to his life, he showed up so much bigger at work and he became the number one contributor within about three months just by helping him and supporting with his life. And the gratitude that he feels toward the organization for that support, he's never going to leave. He, he feels like that is his, that's where he belongs. And, and I think so much of this is, is creating culture where people feel like they don't have to fit in, right? I, I think it's not about creating a culture where people fit in anymore. Let's create a, a culture where people feel like they belong. And if you yes. do that, you're going to retain people and they're going to show up really big for you. Yes. Creating a culture where people feel valued and belonging. Imagine that to be a thing. What would an organization <laughs> look like? What would a world look like if that was something that every organization strived for? I mean, really. Um, okay. Activate 180. We've, we've generally spoken about it. What is, what is it? What kind of a framework is it? And how does it work? Yeah, so <clears throat> I'll dive in. Zach, follow me up on this. You, you bring your perspective in it, but you know, as a as an employer and you know, as a CEO of a couple of companies, you know, I'm always looking at how can we be an employer of choice to make sure that we can attract the best talent, that we can retain that talent, 
Um, but I would say over the last probably 10 or 15 years, and we've had our firm over 20. So, so the first five to seven, 10 years, I, I didn't have this mindset, but, you know, as we had typical retention challenges and things like that, you know, it started feeling a little, I started taking it a little personally, you know, I started saying, well, how come we can't keep these people longer term? What are the things that we need to be doing? And what I realized is from a, from an organizational perspective, our purpose was really outwardly driven. It was about serving our clients. It was about, let's be the best at this and the best at that and do all this. And it didn't really have a lot of our own people in it. And we've kind of done a shift on that where now we feel like if we can have a purpose that really focuses on our own people living their best lives, performing at their highest level, um, developing their careers, moving their careers ahead. And we have great examples of that. People that have been with us 10, 12, 15 years who have moved up from from literally the bottom level to, you know, my COO. She she was, you know, started at the bottom and now she's COO after 13 years uh, at our company. And um, and we have numerous stories like that. But it took us a while to kind of come to that mindset and say, if we can take care of our people, we don't really have to worry about our customers or our competitors because they're going to help us create a, a processes and create a, a go-to-market strategy that's going to be incredibly competitive because they're fired up. And that's really what we've been able to find. And so if you look at, you know, our first seven to 10 years growth, it was pretty good. And then you look at, you know, kind of stalled a little bit. And the last seven to 10 years has been pretty phenomenal. And we've been able to add people and add offices. We've reduced our, our turnover significantly. We still have a little, but very, very little. And it's rare. And more importantly, we have a lot of boomerangs. We have people, we had somebody who left, went to the largest firm in the world uh, last uh, May and a great employee. We said, hey, we get it. We understand. And she was kind of blown away by this offer. And um, by November, she's calling us and saying, hey, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Can I come back in January? And we said, sure. So she's back with us and she's performing and doing a heck of a job for us. And we've had four boomerangs in probably the last six, seven years. So it's it's kind of neat to see. Um but from my perspective, Lindsay, HR people get this, right? They're tasked with how do I create a culture and an environment that my people can perform really well? CEOs also want it, but they also report to a board. They report to shareholders. They've got to look at their bottom line. And so how many of these things can be looked at as an investment and not a cost? You know, um, there's a lot of things, you know, when you buy health insurance or you do this, some of the benefit programs. Those are just really pure costs. Now, they can be viewed as investment if it brings your company to a level that helps you with retention and helps you with attracting people and things like that. But but the rest of it is really kind of cost. Anything that I can do where I can bump performance means that maybe I don't have to hire quite as many people next year and I can get better results from the team I have, which allows me to do two things. Number one, pay my current people even more, which helps my retention. And number two, improve my bottom line margins, right? If I can do more with less, and I don't want to overwork my people. I want to, I want to smart work my people and I want them showing up without a boat anchor tied around their legs, slowing them down because we help them perform at their best levels. So that was a mouthful, Lindsay. Um, I'll, I'll turn it over to Zach. Zach, dive in with, uh, with your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ron. Yeah, and, and the way that we... We approach this on an individual level, Lindsay, is we, we take a, a structure that, that focuses on these different elements 
of the whole person, as we talked about. And and we, we take these based off of some really comprehensive research that was done by Amran Gallup of what you know, what brings people the most fulfillment, what brings people the most happiness, the most connection to their lives, and, and therefore would translate into them showing up in a bigger way at work. And those are to uh, those are career and relationships, health and wellness, life experiences, and finances. And and we support people in all of these different areas of life because again, if their life is working really well, they're going to thrive. And, and so we support them by taking a look at all these different areas of their life and help them understand what they want to prioritize, what's most important to them, what does a level 10 look like in every single area of, this, of, their, of, of these five pillars, and, and where are they at currently, and then what's between where they're currently at and a level 10. And that's where we help them get to. And as you can imagine, along that journey, there's a lot of things that will be presented to them of, of limitations of why they haven't got to that point before, or conversations that they haven't been having, or, or ways that they've been holding themselves back. And so we, you know, we really couple the tangible with, with the mindset, uh, because that's a major component of it. So we take that system, and we work with the individual. And then what we also do is we, within a team, we also create cohesion. Through, through monthly team coaching and workshopping around a different topic or subject. And so what that does is it helps people learn and grow together as a team. And it's all experiential. So they're actually going through different processes and experience that help them change the way that they, they, they view a certain situation or a skill set. And so we're, we're actually skill building with individuals as well. So we're helping them develop higher levels of emotional intelligence. We're helping them see that you can have alternative perspectives in a situation and that they're, you know, within conflict, there's not an objective reality. But you know, we, so we teach people to be able to have cognitive dissonance and be able to hold two differing perspectives at once so that you can actually understand how to resolve conflict in a really effective way. And, and we teach them frameworks to be able to do so, so that teams are speaking the same language. They're, they're singing from the same sheet of music. And, and when you have that type of, that type of synergy, and also people sharing within these breakouts, because we always, we always do breakouts within every call, they're also getting to know teammates better. So they're getting to know each other on a deeper level, which helps them build trust, which is so fundamental within an organization, being in alignment and being able to drive real results together. So, so that's, some of the, that's some of the how as well as the, the why of what we do. And, and we find it to be highly effective. It feels highly effective and interactive and relationship building. And I love I love some of the um, the the Gallup uh, research that you mentioned because it's nice to hear that the program of the work you're doing is grounded in science and evidence. So often we get these programs and they're cool theory, um, but there's not a lot of evidence you know, scientific research and evidence to support them. So it's it's extra encouraging for me to hear, especially Gallup, who is, you know, so highly respected in this space, in the in the space of um of workplace performance and team cohesion and all of that. Um it just adds a nice, I don't know, it just yeah, it just wraps it all up really nicely. Yeah. It's it's so important uh, because that's also how people can digest these different concepts and, and understand how it applies. And, and in that same Gallup poll too, because something that we discussed is what are the, what are the, what is the ROI of this? So if you look at Gallup did a follow-up, some follow-up research on those same five areas. And what they found is if anyone was below a, a six or seven in any one of those areas, they were two times as likely to leave the, leave an organization. So that directly correlates with turnover. 
Yeah, that is powerful. And do you measure efficacy of this work within the organizations that you're working with? We do. We do. And and we and we're we've produced some incredible results and and yeah some of the stuff that we look at we we measure uh, about 20 different metrics uh, and this is around things like mission and connection to the organization um, clarity of goals ability to manage stress engagement so all of these things are we measure them so that we do have uh, data to be able to share with companies and and things some of the things that we see I'll just share a couple that that we're you know we're we're proud of all of the results that we produce but a few that I that I really love are, are things like elevated confidence levels so so we've seen uh, an 83% increase in people's uh, self confidence and this has taken this data is taken before uh, people have started the program and then just 6 months in so an, you know, and imagine what you could do with what your people could do with an eighty-three percent increase in confidence, right? And that's authentic confidence. That means that they're just showing up as themselves. They're sharing ideas. They're they're being bold. They're taking risks in ways that are going to help innovate and drive the business forward. Um, another one is a seventy percent increase in people's ability to manage stress, which is huge because if you know, right now, you know, studies are showing that three fourths of people are currently experiencing burnout in the U.S. So we're we're helping people. Uh, helping people regulate themselves, regulate their nervous system, have self-management tools and, and, and habits and rituals that help them stay balanced, which keeps them out of fear, which keeps them focused and productive. So we also focus on things like that, of, of productivity and time management. Uh, we, we see a, a huge uptick, over a 70% increase in people's, uh, people's quality of their relationships, they've reported, have increased. They, the increase in their clarity of, of their professional goals has increased 69%. So, so we see some really incredible data to support that this is helping people get more in alignment, really understand what their values are, being able to live and manage their energy in a way that helps them contribute that to the things that they care about most. Incredible. Incredible. And Rod, I have to imagine that these kinds of results, this kind of, these kinds of stats helps in those executive conversations you're having. Oh yeah, for sure. So CEOs definitely want to know this stuff, right? To your point before Lindsay, you know, it's great to have a feeling about things, but it's also great to see the underlying data and science behind it. And so we, we survey our clients, our individual coaching clients on a regular basis, because it really helps us also gauge where we need to focus a little more effort and attention with them. I mean, you can see if somebody feels like in this finance category, they're feeling a little stress and it might be something that just popped up, right? So, you know, their son or daughter just got into this university of their dreams, but it's a private school and it's going to cost 75,000 a year. There's a couple, I just had a good friend of ours whose daughter got into a school like that and they're kind of freaking out, right? And and so between she and her husband, it's really creating some ace because they don't want to keep this dream from their daughter, but at the same time, they're trying to figure it out. So having somebody in your corner who can say, hey, let's bring in these other resources that we have at Activate 180 to help you guys solve this. At the end of the day, you know, finance is really just a math problem, right? Whether it's taking down student loans or paying down student loans or buying, saving for a house or doing, it's really math, right? So let's figure out how we can solve for it. And what we find is, Maybe you don't get to the solution that moment in terms of, okay, great, now we can do it. We can go pay for this or buy a house or do it. But once you know the path, right, and and you've laid out that path, it might still be two years down the road before you're ready to do it. But now you know what you need to do. Just the knowing part just removes so much stress. So that's where we that's where we see the ROI. 
And that's where we help employees show up better. You know, one of the other stressors these days is, uh, you know, you, you, you know, the, the war for talent is massive right now. And it's uh, it, it's a it's a full front war. Everybody's fighting it. They're either losing talent or trying to retain talent or having to pay more money or do any of this stuff. Um, so what's happened is a lot of companies. The other thing that's happened, at least here in the U.S., and I think to a certain extent in Canada, coming out of COVID, where we had this massive, you know, if you look at the the what the economy did over over two or three quarters there, it's not a recession. It was a depression. I mean, when you see that many people lose their jobs, but government stepped in and and created a safety net, right? So you didn't have a, a real, you know, a second Great Depression. Um, the other thing that happened is the stock market stayed really, really high and housing prices continue to go up. And so you have baby boomers, at least in the U.S., that were thinking about retiring over the next five years. And two things happened. Number one, their house is worth more than they ever thought it would be worth. And maybe they don't even need that house anymore because they're empty nesters and they can downsize. So they got a huge nest egg there. And number two, and this is something that doesn't generally happen coming out of recessions, the stock market was at record highs. So if you look at 2021, we had a record number of retirements. More people retired in 2021 than ever and way more than anybody ever accounted for. So what's left at the company is you've got newer leaders who are moving up and they don't have as much leadership or man. They don't have the years of experience. And so we're hearing from a lot of HR people that are saying our biggest gap right now is our young leaders our new managers, the people that we've had to move up who've replaced people who have retired or their bosses replaced their boss who retired. And so they moved up. And so we're moving people up probably two years faster than we would. And they don't have the training. They don't have the emotional intelligence to be that kind of leader. And so a lot of our stuff, when we talk about clearing conversations and you know creating great pathways for interpersonal communication with your team, where they feel like they're really being heard and listened to, um, you know, those things are are in short supply with some of these folks. So a lot of the HR people talking to us are saying this is that place, that space, that middle management where they need that help. Mm. Well, and it aligns really nicely with the mental health skills training that we offer um, as well through Mental Health for Leaders and the um, the Sherm. Uh, Society for Human Resource Managers. They just put out some research on on workplace uh, work um, mental health in the workplace in 2022. And one of the recommendations that they make is to train people managers about these topics, exactly these topics that you guys are that you're talking about. I had a conversation with um, the president of the Sherm Foundation, and she said that the three things that came out of that research, the three top skills that HR managers and people leaders need to know is communication, culture, and the third one was, now that I can't even see it anymore on my paper here, um, but was communication and culture were were two, oh, and empathy was the third. And I feel like yeah. these are all the things that you guys are teaching within your program. So you're well aligned with what the industry is looking for, what organizations are going to need, and that insight about this gap now in leadership skills simply as a result of fine folks, well-deserving folks moving up the organization, but maybe before they have that 
training that they really need to be effective and, and productive leaders. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'll use my own company, one of our companies as an example. Um, about 85% of our people are have coaches and we don't, we don't force everybody. Right. So the interesting thing is when you look at, in our business, our main business last year grew 80%, right? So massive growth. We couldn't hire fast enough. Luckily, we only had that one person who left and went to Corn Ferry and then came back. But that was great that we only had that one person. So we were able to keep everybody. But how do we improve performance as we're bringing new people in? And in our business, new people aren't fully productive for between 12 and 18 months, you know, because they have to start off. They inherit something and then something else and then something else. And then and it takes them a good six months until they have a full you know, search load, right, for our executive search business. And so um, they can't really they're not going to be fully productive as a as, as a full time employee or full time equivalent for a, for a while. So everybody else has to pick up the slack. And what we found is that our leaders were so much more effective. And we kept hearing this from the people that report into them um, because of the coaching and training. And then this is just a little, you know, my own little data set that I look at those. And we have some folks that have been around a long time and they kind of are old school. And, you know, they come from the place that uh, coaching was given to people who needed it because they were failing somewhere. Right. And I come from the school of thought that coaching is, you know, I want coaching because I want to I view myself as a growth person. I view myself as continually improving and so I want to coach on that journey with me to help me continuously improve. It doesn't stop. It doesn't plateau. I want to keep going up and to the right. And if you look at the interpersonal communication challenges that we've had in our company, invariably where they haven't gotten better is the people that aren't getting coaching. And they've chosen not to. So that's our big challenge now is, OK, how do we talk them into this? How do we get them bought into this? Because they're not going to be as effective in their organization at some point you know, that's going to be a real stopgap for them or the people that work for them are going to say, hey, let me go move into a different group, you know? I love that perspective of coaching because you're right. Traditionally, we think of coaching, especially at work, um, as you need because your performance is lacking in some case. But I love the perspective of coaching for increased skill development, for increased growth, growth mindset um, reasons. And Zach, mindset was something that you talked about earlier as well, combining the tangible skills with the mindset that these leaders, these um, coaches or mentees or whomever you, whatever language you use, but mm. how important combining both tangible skills and mindset is. How has the... Um, acceptance of that language changed over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years when it comes to mindset and engaging in mindset work? Yeah, wow. it's uh, <laughs> It has changed so much and so much even within just the last few years. I, you know, of course, COVID had all of the components of it that were so challenging. But, but I think within that, within that challenge also arose people realizing how big of a deal mental health is. And it brought, you know, the things that were swept under the rug for a lot of people that they, you know, that we could really ignore as, as you were in the cycle of life got brought to the surface. And so, so it did create and was a catalyst to people really identifying and seeing how important mindset was because you could see within those environments of the unknown 
the people that are able to sit with the unknown and to and to to understand perspective and how important that is as well as you know if, if you're gripped by fear or or in a situation where you're you're not able to sit with the unknown and so that that to me is just the importance of perspective and mindset but the openness to this of individuals as well as organizations has been so incredible to see and some some white space has been created for for change to happen and for people to see that if they support people to to increase their ability to have a, a more um, a more impactful or a more supportive mindset to 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 their career and to their individual development and growth, what that's able to achieve. And, and to give you an example, right? One one piece around mindset that I love is, yeah, just looking at are you willing to are you willing to take feedback? You know, what does feedback mean to you? Are you willing to give feedback and are you willing to receive feedback? Because I think within an organization, that's so it's so critical because how else can we understand what's happening outside of our own outside of our own lens unless people are able to identify that with us but we have to first understand okay am i am i making assumptions up about what feedback means you know if i if i receive feedback from somebody does that mean that it's tied to me not being worthy or not being respected or does that actually mean that somebody's trying to make me better and can i see that as a gift because if I'm able to do that and I'm able to get in that mindset, then I've got the opportunity to get different perspectives that might be a blind spot for me. I might be showing up a way that I might not even know. And if people are able to identify that for me and I'm in a place where I have a mindset that I'm open to that and I'm also able to give that to people, then all of a sudden we're able to sharpen each other. We're able to elevate each other. And creating a feedback culture is one of the most effective things that I've seen as far as being able to elevate performance because you're constantly being able to identify for each other. But that takes trust. That takes trust in each other and trust in, in your ability to navigate what can sometimes be challenging and, 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 uh, and rocky waters to navigate at times, but it's, a, but it's an art and, and it's a skill that you develop by, by doing it at the end of the day. Thank you both for trusting me to have this conversation. It is my absolute pleasure that we get to have the time and space to have these conversations, the to talk about perception and mindset and how to elevate performance and increase the bottom line through these kinds of investments in our people, in our organization, and in truly in the collective wellness and psychological safety of us as, as humans, as the human capital that work in our organizations. It has been such a pleasure to get to know you both. Thank you again for your generosity and time and sharing all of your brilliance with us. Well, thanks, thanks for having us, Lindsay. It's been a pleasure to be on. Yeah, it's great. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And, and thank you for all the great work that you're doing as well. So important. Well, thank you very much. Before we leave, how can the audience get a hold of you when they are so interested in Activate 180? Yeah, so so we have a contact page on our website. It's activate180.com. Uh, the number is one eight zero, and uh, so it's easy to find us and uh, and just reach out. Um, I, I'll take emails personally too. McDermott at uh, activate180.com, and uh, Zach is uh, Zach Smith at activate180.com or Z Smith, I, I should say, at activate180.com. So feel free to reach out to either of us, and we'd love to find out what's going on at your companies. And we will absolutely link to all of those places into the show notes of this episode as well. Thank you again. And I look forward to continuing our conversation real soon. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Lindsay. Take care. Thanks for joining me for another awesome episode of the Mental Health for Leaders podcast. 
To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please go to mentalhealthforleaders.com and subscribe to have these episodes delivered right to your inbox each week. You'll also find all the show notes, links, and resources that my guests mention on the show and the link to the Guide to Influence and Impact at Work freebie I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. You're listening to this podcast because you know our people need us more than ever. But being a people leader and an HR professional is especially hard right now. If the thought of figuring out how to best support your people and yourself feels overwhelming and impossibly hard, let's talk. I don't promise I can make it easy, but I can make it simple. So let's do that together. Go to mentalhealthforleaders.com and download the guide to influence and impact at work now. Until next time, take good care. And as always, call me if you need me.